This is our last Sunday in this place. It's the very last one in this place here. We took out um, Joel and Laura, who are the owners uh, here. We took them out for a nice meal. You took them out, Vinnie Church, for a nice meal. We're generous people, and we wanted to honor them and just just bless them a little bit. Hey, uh, there's a family struggle in a venue church. This I don't know if you know, you'll hear it in the announcements. We're giving them a gift basket with like gas cards and Walmart cards and socks. Because Pastor Aaron had something to do with it and snacks. And we just blessing. So we can't do it for everybody, but we are going to treat that somebody like they're everybody. And uh, thank you for your generosity this Christmas. We got to take care in the little things, you know. Word, word around town, people are talking about what God has done here. We, we went to a business lunch, saw a bunch of people we hadn't seen in a long time. And, and we talked to a um, person who's decently high up in a bank in town. And, and, you know, banks aren't lending money to people right now. They're like, how did you, as a church that's like four years old, how did you build a building in town? How did you do this? And I just love these sorts of opportunities. Somebody who's maybe hard against God, and Pastor Aaron, of course, invites her to church, and she's like, I gotta come and see what's going on. You know, there's this this word that God is going to do, but you know, without the invite that the supernatural can't get triggered in her life. And sometimes you you get too wound up about the bitter people in your life. But look, if you grew up with their dad, you'd probably be like that too. But there's something today that I'm gonna talk about that triggers the supernatural work of God. That's something that only you can do. So at Venue Church, we say like, pray like it's up to God and work like it's up to you. And we've been working like it's up to us in that building over there, everybody. And it's been incredible. Um, I saw the mayor Peter's like, Corey, that building, man, that's amazing. He's like, how's the city to work with? And I'm like, well, He's like, just come on over for coffee. We'll talk. Um, there's something that God is doing in this city here. And it's not just about us. Colossians 3 says this. Paul says, work willingly. If there's somebody who knew how to work, it was, it was Paul. Paul said, work willingly. That word means heartily. So like not 10-year-old Corey got to mow the grass again. You know what I mean? You got any kids who are like, I'll take the trash out, but you're going to see on my face that I don't like it. How come Ryan doesn't have to do anything? Because Ryan never had to do anything growing up in my home. How does the Christmas sermon turn out about my brother? It does. Jesus had little brothers too, you know. Work. That's not what Paul's talking about. The Holy Spirit's like, no, no, work heartily. Work willingly. Like, put your back into it. Watch this, watch this though. And this is where we don't get it. At whatever you do. Wait, um, we're Canadians. I'll work at what I want to do. But if the boss asked me to, my mom asked me to, at whatever you do, watch this. Why? As though you were working for the Lord rather than for people, because you are. You don't understand that the little things that you do, you're not doing them for people. You're not a slave to the tax. You're not, you're doing it for the Lord. Work as if you were doing it for the Lord. Like if the Queen of England was there and, and you were sweeping the floor, how good of a job would you do? I've seen your car. Now, the Queen of England ain't going in your... Now, do it like you were doing it for the Lord. You know that last 10% cent that you got to sweat? And this building, I can't even enjoy this building until it's done because i got to finish. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about my dad today. I'm going to talk to you about Jesus' dad, Joseph. 
it sounds sort of funny to set this up for you, but I'm going to show you what Jesus' dad was, how the God of the universe picked him. What about Joseph made God put the son, the prince of heaven, in his home and say, I've got a job for you to do. What was the job? What was it about Joseph that you would... I mean, if you're going to give your kids away, some, on a bad day, you'd give them to anybody. But look, on a good day, who would you give them to take care of them and what would you want them to teach? There's something about Joseph that we got to look at today to understand something that Jesus became. The life of Joseph. Odd jobs and thankless tasks seem mundane right until they trigger the supernatural. Thanks, Sean. Odd jobs and thankless tasks seem mundane until they trigger the supernatural. A little boy gives up his lunch. It triggers the supernatural. What if he didn't give his lunch up? No supernatural. People get too angry at God, I think. They don't really understand this. And if you don't understand God, it's easy to get angry. Like, well, God has all of this power, so why doesn't he just fix everything? Because God gave the earth to man, and men turned around and said, like, hey, we'd like this, you know, a different dad called the devil. And then the devil broke it. And so God can only redeem earth through mankind. Does that make sense? So Jesus becomes man in the flesh and comes down here so that he can redeem it. But the only place in, in the world that's redeemable is when the, the church gets in there and God, through mankind, giving the earth back to God, comes and fixes a society and fixes a nation. Does that make sense? We got to get past like he's got endless power. No, no, he gave a gift. And when you give a gift, uh, my dad taught me this. Hey, son, if, if I give you a gift, you can do whatever you want with it. It's called freedom of choice and freedom of will, unless you would like to be a robot. But there's this, this idea that Jesus comes down in, in the flesh to redeem earth. And when you get it right and you do what only you can do, then God does what only God can do. And what you can do seems like a lot to you because it's, but you don't really understand because here, here's the deal. You get tunnel vision and I get tunnel vision. When you're doing the little thing and you're finishing that little job, all you can do is focus on that job. Can anybody, like if you're going to get that little job right, you're going you're gonna to finally clean your work desk off. You got to stay till it's finished. And what happens is your eyes go down to what you're doing. Do we got anybody like with babies right now? You're changing diapers. You got to get those diapers right. I can teach you how to eight second change a baby. But it's not right. Pastor, and she'd be like, that's not changing a baby technically. I'm like, it is because there's a new diaper on her. She's like, yeah, but you didn't really clean her. I'm like, sorta, but she's just going to make a mess again. Come on, back me up, guys. No, don't, actually don't do that. No, because women hunt in packs, we know. There's this, you got to sweat that, but you and I get tunnel vision and we start, I was getting this way in the building because I was doing a lot of the electrical work, but, but then I, I feel like the Holy Spirit said, you need to go into that building and see all the things you didn't do. And now I just, the building is like done and we're moving today. Come and help us move the building. We'll feed you. Come and help us move all the stuff here over there. But now that it's done, I can finally enjoy it because my dad taught me that it's not done until it's done and you got to finish. What did Jesus father Joseph teach him? Um, odd jobs and thankless tasks seem mundane until they trigger the supernatural. So See, baking soda doesn't feel like much and vinegar doesn't feel like much. But when you put the two of the things together, something supernatural happens, right? Something bigger than that happens. An explosion happens if you learn how to sweat the little things. So 
you know, authority comes from little things. I know that because you're Canadian, you think that authority comes from position. Like if only somebody would put me in charge of something, then I could. No, authority has nothing to do with position. Authority comes from God, but God only gives his authority to people. You ready? Who sweat the little things. You're like, God, give me more money so that God's like, you misspend what you have. So if I give you more, you would misspend more. Like, God, give me more kids. And God's like, you're struggling with that one. And you want more. What's it like having four kids? Well, imagine you have three kids and you're drowning and somebody throws you a baby. If you can't get right what you've got and get the little things right and the discipline and the care that it takes to do the little things right. But we get tunnel vision, right? You know. Like moms, you're making a sandwich for your kid and you're like, I got a thousand more sandwiches to make. And so you don't put the care into the one that's in front of you. But when you put the care into the one in front of you, what happens sometimes is you're just looking down and you don't look out of the trench to see the supernatural that's being triggered in the lives of the people around you. You can't change their hearts. You can't change your teenager, but God can. But if you won't sweat the little stuff, I wonder if God can pour out the supernatural. It's called stewarding the resources of God. I sweated that electrical inspection over there because there's one guy in town who's the inspector who came in on the roughing and I'm like, who the heck is this guy? Because I've been, I've done work all over the province, but this place is special, everybody. I sweated it. You know, authority comes to those who sweat little things. I respect. Dal, I'm going to brag on Dal a little bit. He, he threw up all Sunday last week and then he came all Monday and my day off and we worked together to get ready for the inspections. And then a supernatural act of God happened on all the inspections passed just like that. Just like that. And I'm like, oh, they could have held us up. They could have like, you know, somebody wants to interpret something silly. But listen, we had to sweat it. I had to add like remote heads for egress lighting because of the 10 lumens thing that some fire inspector wanted. And hey, but we gave them what, you know, we submitted. We're like, okay, we'll do everything. We'll do everything. And we sweated it. And so that God allowed us to get occupancy really, really quick. The only thing that made us change was the, the tap in my bathroom in my pastor's office. In the pastor's office, they made me put an automatic, by me, I mean the plumber, put an automatic tap in there because, because the guy's like, you can't tell me that a member of the public's not going to go in there. And I'm like, I can though, because the door will be locked. He's like, you can't tell me that somebody doesn't really have to use the bathroom. I'm like, but the public washroom is like seven feet right there. And then there's another one around and then there's, you can't tell me. And I'm like, but I can tell you. And I'm just like, submit. I know I have a automatic tap, which I kind of like, I deserve nice things. And so anyways, I'm just going to keep it. I think the, the small things, you got to sweat the little things so that God can pour out the supernatural. We, there's a lot of sweat that went into that building, a lot of gifts and a lot of giving and a lot of generosity that your generosity there will unlock heaven for people, eternity for people. It will unlock something that you can't do for them. Just like somebody paid for you before you got here. What do you mean? You, yeah, church costs money, everybody. We can meet outside under a tree if you like. Want a Christmas service under the tree? You coming out Boxing Day, by the way? Hey, every kid gets a gift, by the way. So invite the neighbor kids out. Um, yeah, I think about, uh, it's Nasty's birthday today. Happy birthday. She was saying, happy, no, don't do it. Um, she, t she, she hauled this old wooden ladder out here one last time to set those lights up in the thing there. Ties them all to the emergency lighting, which is totally illegal, but what are they gonna do, kick us out? She hauls this old wooden ladder out. We used to call those wooden ladders uh, WCB ladders, like, because workers' comp is definitely coming when she falls off of that. And I'm like, hey, you're, 
you're excommunicated from church the second before you hit the ground if you fall off of that ladder. And so we don't know who she is. She just came and started setting lights up. You're not just setting a chair out for somebody. You're triggering the supernatural. You're not just checking a child into kids ministry. You're changing a life. When you give that child back to the right parents, you're triggering the supernatural. We've never lost a child yet or given. Now, if it was me and I was having a bad day with my kid, I would be like, can I have the quiet child over there in the corner? And here's a little something for you. If you find a different home for that one child of mine. No, we don't do that. That's why I don't work in the kids ministry right there, right there. Cause parents don't think that's funny. <laughs> Unless you got the quiet child, then you think it's amazing. Anyways, moving on. Listen, 99.9% .9 of Joseph's life seemed really, really mundane. You, you got to think about this. You'd ask for a promotion if you were him. He's a carpenter, everybody. He's a carpenter. Did you know that the sons, uh, that the fathers of princes of heaven don't work 12 hour days? He's like, I have the son of the living God in my house and I got to get up at 5 a.m. And make chairs for ladies who bring them back and complain about them. Or guys, probably mostly ladies. It's not right. It's not right. The chair doesn't feel right. I'm just stepping on people's toes. See, if you were Joseph, you would ask for promotion. Promotion is, you gotta, you gotta seek promotability. And you get promotability by getting the small things right. By sweating the little things. But... Matthew chapter 1. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. We got to find out what Joseph is like so that we find out why Jesus became who Jesus became. Because God gave him to Joseph for a reason. So it's one thing to look at Jesus and just be like, well, yeah, he was always going to. No, he was not. God very specifically gave him a dad named Joseph who was flawed just like you, but who can learn to be what Joseph became just like you can to unlock, to, to trigger the supernatural resurrection and the saving of people's souls. This is, this is what, he was, she was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before the marriage took place, she, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. But Joseph didn't know that. And now watch what Joseph is like. Watch what we need to be like. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. I see way too many people who are just disgracing people publicly now. You know, you don't win an argument by making fun of somebody or by tearing them to ribbons. You don't win anything like that. You just become worse than they were, you know, and, and that's how we're winning things now is just tearing down the other side of the argument. Come on. We're sons and daughters of God. We can do better than that. I, at the beginning of COVID in this divisive time, I said, we are not a venue church posting anything negative online. People need positive. They need faith. That's all we're going to do. And if, and look, that's a sacrifice. That's like my a little boy giving his lunch up because I would love to word ninjas, idiots online. I would just use your brain that God gave you. Hey, I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to tear people down. We're going to build people up and we're just going to create a church service where you can come and get over your fear of dying because it's worth something. Your neighbors need this. The, um, says, uh, Joseph, he decided to break the engagement quietly because he didn't want to disgrace her publicly. He was righteous. He was a man who was right with God. He lived right. As he considered this, 
Do you lay awake at night or do you just check people off with boxes? Because you can do that. You can be angry and bitter and just check a box off and be like, I'm done. Or you can do what Joseph did and he sweated it. He sweated. There was something about him that he sweated the little things like that. He, he, he still wants her restored even though he's th he thinks that she's betrayed him. He still doesn't want to like cross her. Uh, you know what I mean? He still wanted to like do what was right in the sight of God by her. Even though she didn't deserve it. That's how he's thinking. You would think that too. You, you had, watch what happens. As he considered this, he was laying awake at night. You know, the, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. See, consolation comes to those who don't want to disgrace people publicly. Consolation comes to those who lay awake at night and sweat the little things. I don't mean lay awake at night in fear and anxiety. Look, God let, lets his little ones rest. Some of you, you need a better relationship with God, your father. And I'm going to show you Jesus' relationship with his father. Because his relationship with Joseph transferred to his relationship with God. And some of you didn't grow up with good dads. And here's what I want to tell you. You can borrow mine. You know what it's like having a good dad that transfers to your relationship with your heavenly father? When dad walks into the room, he's like, I got it. You're all worked up about something. Your boss at work. you I got it. It's okay. Just relax. Go have a nap. That's what my dad did. I'm going to talk about my dad a little bit today. I'm going to show you the care and the little things are what triggered the supernatural release of the power of God in our life, in my life and in your life too. There's something about the care of the little things. And so he consoles him and says, uh, the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son. You're to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Dreams come to those who lay awake at night and consider the little things. Dreams come. There's two types of dreamers. Those who dream but never put a hand to a shovel. And then there are those who put their hand to the shovel and God gives them a dream because they're already working towards it. A dream without a shovel means nothing. In fact, it'll make you a worse person. And then you'll live your whole life guilty because you never put a hand to the shovel. The dream takes work. The harvest takes work. Joseph, watch this, watch this. He travels. You think to yourself, like, sometimes you look at Joseph and you're like, well, why didn't you call ahead to the inn? Why didn't you show up earlier? Because they ran out of room, right? And now, now Jesus has to be born in a stable. Well, Joseph traveled 150 kilometers with a nine-month pregnant wife. Don't do it. By foot, on a donkey, 150 kilometers. Now you get upset because of COVID rules. I hate rules anyways. Like don't tell me which way to walk in a grocery store. I don't even want to be in the grocery store. And now you, there's an arrow on the floor. I don't want to, I'll walk. I used to walk backwards up the arrows because Erin would freak out. She's a rule follower. She'd be like, you got to walk the wrong. I'm just like backwards. Technically I'm aimed in the right direction. We complain about all these little things as if Joseph in the time of Jesus being born had it great. Rome calls for a census that if you don't go, like something really bad happens to you because that's what Rome was all about. He's got to travel 150 kilometers with a pregnant wife and he gets there and the, he makes the best out of a bad situation. And you don't even know what a bad situation is. Joseph did though, but he made the best out of a bad situation. Can you see them laying the baby Jesus, the son of God that Joseph has been entrusted with in a dirty manger? Not a chance in the world. He scrubbed, you could have eaten off of that floor in that stable. There was something about him and he's like, I'm going to, maybe he was Mary's midwife. 
Maybe he did whatever he had to do. But this is the son of God. If this is the best that we've got, then it's going to be the best that we've got. I'm going to make it the best for, I can't afford anything more, but I'm going to give everything that I have to make this right. There was something about him. Jesus needed a dad. I never thought about it this way until the Holy Spirit showed it to me this week. He needed a dad. Joseph's main job, I feel like, was to teach Jesus how to release the supernatural by sweating the little things. You don't think about it like this. But I, I feel like the Holy Spirit, I think he needed to correct something in how I was thinking about this. Why would God give Jesus to Joseph? Because Joseph knew how to sweat the little things. And Jesus needed to learn how to sweat the little things. Jesus had to learn to walk just like you. He was tempted to sin just like you. Can you imagine Joseph and the burden that he would carry for raising Jesus? The angel said, like, he will free you from your sins. But there's this job you got to do first. There's these things I, I have placed you specifically to teach Jesus. He'd had to learn how to saddle a donkey for his mom. And cinch it up tight so the mom doesn't slide off the donkey. You don't want that. He'd have learned how to shovel crap. You sit there and complain about that, but Joseph's like, no, no, no. This is part of life. This is part of what we do. This is how we serve. We don't live like, we don't let it build up. We shovel. Come on, next time you got to shovel some, shovel it with joy because Joseph didn't mope around when he did these things. Why? Because Jesus wouldn't have had any joy. He'd have taught him like, oh yeah, you just act like you got a chip in your shoulder. And he's like, no, no, this is what we do to serve. We get up early. We sweat it right. He'd have, he'd have shown Jesus things like somebody brings a chair back that Jesus is like, dad, there's nothing wrong with this chair that we built. He apprenticed in the carpentry. He apprenticed for his father. There's nothing wrong with this chair. Joseph's like, I know she's just having a bad day. Probably she, I keep going after this. We're going to put a little more love into it. We're just going to sand it a little bit more. I'm going to put my arm around her when she comes back and go, you sit in this chair. Do you like this chair? It's good. We put, we built it with love, but we built it right. There's these things that Jesus, you're having trouble with this. I, I can feel it. Jesus was not born a fully bearded Jewish savior. He was, he didn't come out with a robe. He didn't come out with a robe on and start baptizing people. He came out a baby. He came out, he didn't know how to talk. You think that he came out fully mature and able to save the, the world? No, absolutely not. He came out a baby that Joseph and Mary needed to train how to get this right. Joseph would have been like, hey, no, this is how you talk to God our Father. He didn't even know how to speak. And Joseph and Mary would have to teach him how. Do you think that he knew how to speak to God? You think that he came out fully mature and ready to save? No. Nope. No. Nope. It took a man to teach him and his mother to teach him the care in the little things. Don't despise the little things that you have to do. They un unlock the supernatural for people around you. Don't ever despise those little things. Can you imagine disciplining like Jesus as Joseph? It says, well, you, he never sinned. Yeah, but he was tempted. He had little brothers who called him fat.
he's getting ready to pull a punch, you know. I mean, if Jesus punches you, it's going to hurt. And Joseph's like, buddy, just hold. No. Without sin. I'm going to teach you how to avoid temptation. I'm going to teach you what to do. I'm going to teach you to discipline yourself and have self-control and to let the Holy Ghost. He wasn't this perfect kid. I'm going to read a... He wasn't, he was perfect in that he was sinless, but he wasn't perfect in that he was mature. He was not. He was immature. He had to grow up. He was given care of by a man who understood the little things. You know, I think about, about my, my dad, like some of y'all worked hard at that building and gave, and I'm proud of you, but my dad outworked every single one of us. And he, my dad's like a hundred. He like a hundred year old. And if you're his age, man, you just sit there. You, you don't know how to talk your way out of bed in the morning because he's just like, you know what he said? I heard him talking to an old inspector who probably should have quit about 10 years ago too. He's a great guy. I like him. My dad's like, ah, I like working. It keeps me young. You know why it keeps him young? Because he says, I like working because it keeps me young. My dad taught me things that Joseph would have taught Jesus. Hey, your mind controls your body. And your mouth controls your mind. Speak life. You know why I always enjoyed my career? It took a little while because I learned from my dad. You got to speak it. You know why you hate your job? Because you're always saying that you hate your job. And God's like, uh, you're working for me. You're not working for that guy. You're not working for that girl. What are you? You're working for me there. Start saying you like your job. God gave you a job so you could put food on the table. You don't like food? Your kids don't like food? There's this thing that you got to start speaking life. Every morning he'd be like, I, I know how tired he was getting. And he's like, get up. You got to get up. Got to keep moving. Got to keep moving. And he'd work it out. I asked my dad to do something one time. He said it was the worst three days of his life. The worst job he ever did. And my dad had jobs that y'all, you just sit down and cry until you died. My dad's dad was sick and he had eight brothers and sisters. My dad didn't. He was the oldest boy. And he was working with men. By the time he was, you know, 14, he was with the men. Like... Because he had to or his family would die, you know. You don't know what that's like. You have, like, the government. <laughs> they just had cold winters, you know. I asked my dad one time, do you ever feel like you missed your childhood? Like, you were basically a slave, you know. He had a cow when he was five, you know. Like, that's how they, my grandma started. My grandpa would be so sick sometimes, he'd go and get feed. And then he'd, he'd drive his pickup back. And he would, my aunt was telling me this. He would fall out of the truck, crawl into the house, and crawl up to bed, and that's the best he could do. But he got feed. Well, and then my dad would have to unload the truck. Well, somebody had to. I said, I said, Dad, do you ever feel like you were a slave that you missed your childhood? He goes, no, I like working. You know why? Because he said he liked working. And God gave him a joy working. Joseph would have done these things for Jesus. Hey, we like getting up in the morning. We love serving. We love, so we love building things for people. We love that God, our father gave us work to do with our hands. We love being good at what we do. We love taking care of people. We love serving. We love, we love helping your mom. We love, we love your mom. We talk. My dad taught me how to talk to my mom. It's like, boy, your mom can yell at you. But if you yell at her, you can move in with the family down the street. <laughs> he wasn't kidding. Move in down there if you want to. But around here, this is how we talk to moms. There's this, these things that Jesus taught, were, was taught by my dad. So he built a building, he built a church that gave us the seed money to come and launch here. 
in Disbury. And we sold that building to the, to the city. But for that building sale to go through, I, I remember when those trusses came, that three of the trusses came wrong in that building. Uh, 50 feet wide was the building, so the trusses were longer than that. And they came manufactured wrong. So on site, we changed them. So we took all the gang nails out, talked to somebody who understands this, take, took all the engineered gang nails out and, and put glued uh, plywood OSB on there and put a nail every square inch in that. So we actually built it stronger than engineered, but it wasn't engineered. And I knew that when we sold that building and people look at me and they're like, how on earth did you ever sell that building there? Because, because the only way that you could sell it, I, I talked the mayor into it because God gave me a supernatural gift to sell stuff. And people look at me and they're like, oh, that's amazing that you did that. You know what my main line was? The Holy Spirit showed me. Because the building wasn't downtown. And why would you have a city office that's not downtown? Because that's what they use it for now. And I'm like, the Holy Spirit's like, hey, you know, like, I'm like, maybe it's not bad having a building that's not downtown. You know, like, hey, I'm going to the library. Maybe I should complain about my taxes. It's downtown. Hey, I'm going to go get groceries. I should stop in and complain about my taxes. I'm like, this way, at least they'd have to drive across town. And they're like, oh, that makes sense. And people are like, oh, pastor, God gave you this miraculous supernatural thing that you could sell that building so that we could launch here and launch right. Yeah, well, who cares about the supernatural if somebody didn't build the building in the first place? My dad built that building. And then I asked him because the sale was going to go through. And, and But if, if it got caught that it wasn't engineered and we had to re-engineer that or they had to pull the roof. So I asked my dad, could you go in there? And hammer gang nails on three trusses in the heat of the summer in an attic, swimming in insulation, 50 feet times both sides, 150, 160 feet, three days it took him. He said, it's the worst job I ever did. He had to claw hammer every half inch of plywood off of that thing. Try it sometime. But he did it and he never complained about it. He, he, he taught me something about the care of God. We've baptized over 100 people since we came here. 100 eternities changed forever because of that. Because that sale went through and we, we could, I'm telling you. He didn't know he was teaching me how to respond to God and how to trigger the supernatural when I saw him pray. When I saw him not get bitter. Pastors can get real bitter. Y'all think that sheep bite sheep. Well, be, sheep bite pastors. Sometimes people come to me, they're like, well, the church has hurt me. I'm like, yeah, that's because it's full of people. And you probably hurt people too. And nobody gets hurt more than the pastor, everybody. My dad didn't get bitter. He loved people. He showed me how to forgive. My dad has a signature series on forgiveness that changed my life. And you wouldn't be here today. And our family wouldn't even exist if he hadn't taught me when I was in my 20s how to forgive by instinct. And the only reason that he could do that was because of all the things that happened to him that he had to forgive. My dad taught me how to suffer well, how to bear it well, how to have joy in the, in the battle. I'm thinking about Joseph and Jesus. Now, Joseph wasn't, he wasn't perfect, and, but the supernatural tends to cover, you ready? Your flaws and your humanness. But you still have to work the natural because the natural triggers the supernatural. But when the supernatural is triggered, it will cover a lot of your flaws. I don't mean blatant sin. I just mean the things that that you can only do as a human and it will cover that and it will start turning the hearts of people. You can't change a heart and all you're trying to do is change your husband's heart. You can't do it. But what you do in the natural might trigger the supernatural so that God can. Um, 
Watch this, watch this. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 now, they attended the festival as usual. So every year, they would go 150 kilometers. I don't know why it's 150 kilometers today. On foot, every year, to the festival, because Joseph was a faithful man, and he always kept the Passover. They would go all the way to Jerusalem and keep the Passover. Now, that means that he went to church every week, too. That means he, Joseph showed up at youth group. Come on. He's, or Jesus showed up at youth group. That means they were faithful because you would take this, you would, you would take that journey with your church community, with the faithful, the devoted, you would take that journey. But you want to talk about like the worst family vacation of all time. 150 kilometers, everybody on foot with no iPods. You have actually have to talk to your kids. That's 30 hours straight of walking. So we're talking at least three days of 10 hours walking with your kid. And don't think that Jesus wasn't like, dad, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Dad, are we there yet? Like, Ooh, I know you're the son of God, but you can't see this. Like you can't see how far this, he wasn't perfectly mature. He wasn't, he was still a 12 year old boy. Watch what happens. Um, some of y'all complain cause you got to drive seven minutes across town to church. I'm just going to watch it online. It's too hard today. Try walking 30 hours sometime to get to the festival. Um, after the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first. Look, we've all lost kids at Ikea. You have. I have. We've all heard like Code 99 and the kids and had a chuckle. And we're like, somebody lost a kid. <laughs> and we've all seen a few minutes later, Katie brought back by the ikea staff and you realized it was your kid that we like it's happened to all of us we're not going to point the finger at joseph and be like hey um we're just not going to because they assumed he was among the other travelers because he's a church kid right so they're traveling in a group ask me where my kids are sunday after i don't know where they are they belong to the church yeah, i mean they might be at your house having lunch i don't know but right and so so watch this they walk a whole day and they realized Jesus, and then they walk a whole day back. Watch this, watch this. Um, they went back to Jerusalem. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple. Three days later. So we're talking four or five days now, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them, asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Why did they, why did they go to the temple? Why did they wait for like five days until they went to the temple? You got to think about this. If I'm Mary and I'm Joseph, it's a standoff because I'm like, I'm not going to God's house and telling them that I lost Jesus. You go. I'll look every place else. I'm going to go look over here, but you go. I'm not going to, I'm not telling God. <laughs> My dad's little brothers one, one time, they used to ride their bikes off of the, well, they did until this. They'd get their bikes up onto the top of the, the barn, hip roof barn, and ride them off and land in the, in the haystack until Carl missed the haystack and knocked himself out. And so my aunt Ethel was telling me, she's like, we loaded Carl into the red wagon and all the way back, we're like, you tell dad that we killed him. I'm not telling dad that we killed him. <laughs> Kids were tough back then. Come on, everybody. We need a little more of that. Can you imagine Carl coming to you and you're like, whoo, that was close. <laughs> um, all I want for Christmas is Carl not to be dead. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this? To this, is, this is Holy Mary, the mother of Jesus. Like, what have you done? I should kill you right now, but you're the son of God. You know what I mean? Like this is mom freaking out because you're like, oh, that didn't happen. Oh, come on, moms. You know, that's happening. Um, 
Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. Why did you need to search? Didn't you know I must be in my father's house? This all sounds good, but hold on. But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. His mother stored all these things in her heart. He was obedient to them. Why? Because it wasn't his time yet because he didn't understand some things. Jesus grew in wisdom. Catch that. He grew in wisdom. He wasn't perfectly wise. He grew in wisdom and stature, right? Because he wasn't born like a, a bearded man. And in favor, watch that, favor with God and with all the people. Obedience when you're two is different than obedience when you're 12. Come on. He grew in favor with God. Who taught him how to do that? Joseph. Here's how we talk to God, our father. Here's how we communicate. Here's how we, the Holy Spirit is like the mom of the Trinity. Here's how the Holy Spirit works. Here's how. I think, I think Joseph on the way home that day, can I take a little liberty here? This is what my dad would have done. I think this is what Joseph would have done. He's like, son, that sounded good when we found you in the temple. I must be about my father's business. Here's the deal, son. You could have honored your father and your mother too. Because if you don't honor your father and mother, it's not going to go well with you. And your mom's going to kill you next time. You didn't have to choose between the two. You should have kept out an eye for us because God gave you to us to take care of you. And you removed yourself from that protection. Son, we're going to go home and I'm going to give you some more chores because I need to teach you to sweat the little things. Can I just end with this, with this thought? Jesus is hanging on a cross. He's hanging on a cross, dying in the worst death known to mankind that we know of, the crucifixion. He's suffering by asphyxiation. He's dying because he can't breathe. And he looks and he sees his mother there and he sees John, his disciple. And there's something about John. John was the disciple Jesus loved. John knew about love. And he, and he says to John, while he's dying, he sweats the little things because Joseph taught him how to care for the one. He said, John, take my mom to your house and take care of her. He said, Mom, I want you to go with John. He's going to take care of you. Listen, it unlocked the supernatural power of a resurrected Savior that saved the world from their sins. The power that unlocks that, the natural thing that you do is caring for your neighbor the way that Jesus cared for his mom while he was suffering. While you're suffering is the best time to care for somebody this Christmas.